0: Welcome to Lion Fury. I'm Danny Thomas. This is episode 17 Set yourself free with Dan Talco.
1: To, to, I mean to focus the mind I've discovered is everything. you know I, I can lose hearing, I can lose vision. Um, but if I can, if I can go inwards, it's that, that infinite space in which you can do anything. The imagination um, sets you free.
0: G'day, Furious Lions. In this episode, I chat with longtime friend Dan Talco about his journey living with Usher Syndrome, a rare degenerative disease which affects the hearing and sight. Diagnosed as a young man, Dan had to face his condition head on. Remarkably, coming to grips with loss of sight has given him an innate desire to see it all. The disability, the moments of humiliation and the struggle essentially freed him. It gave him the opportunity to live a full and meaningful life. I wanted to get Dan on the show as he has always been an inspiration. Playing indoor football together, aware of his condition, I admired his spirit as he pushed against the odds week in, week out. Danny's now in pursuit of positively helping others, through life coaching, and also more recently performing as a stand-up comic. I came away from the chat feeling pumped. I hope you do too. Enjoy this one, guys, and excuse me for dropping the F-bomb a lot. Free speech is a beautiful thing. See you on the other side. Like a video chat with James Johnson, I sure would. There he is. How you doing? The main man, looking sharp.
1: It's been too long. <laughs>
0: so
1: I got you
0: on the couch with a scotch. Yeah, cool. You got a scotch. Wow. <laughs> Great to see you, man. Like I know it's I know it's the podcasting, but just to catch up is like
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know we we do spend a lot of time in isolation, don't we, in our lives. Mm. I mean, it is a journey that we take on our own, isn't it, no, even when we do surround ourselves with people. But um, to connect at the level at which we're connecting with tonight is really special. It takes, you know, two people with a similar intention. And, um, you know, I listened to some of your podcasts before and, you know, you're really committed to it and it's hard work doing podcasts because it's, um, you know, you're often existing in a bit of a vacuum, artistic vacuum and dealing with, you know, so many different ideas. Uh, so, you know, it's an honourable pursuit and, I'm,
0: you know, I'm quite honoured to be a part of it. Oh, that's fantastic, man. What I'm interested in is, is sharing your amazing journey with the listeners. When we caught up at Christmas I remember the first thing you said to me, which really resonated straight off the bat. You, you said the words "stripping back the layers of self-truth," and so I was wondering if you can elaborate on that a bit. What what does it take? What does it take to, to strip away the layers of self-truth?
1: <laughs> Sugar daddy, <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. Straight, straight into up, it, DT. <laughs> my pursuit of self-truth came about, perhaps it's useful to give a little bit of a background. Um, as you know, to a degree, um, I got a disease which is sending me blind. It's called Usher syndrome type 2A, and it sent me, um, you know, it, I lost a fever to my hearing just after I developed speech at about age 2. And, um, I grew up in the the sort of denial of disability mindset that you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it. And my mum was big on that and she was very sort of – she's a a daughter of a boilermaker and uh, emotions uh, don't play a big role. You just get it done. Um, But but when I was diagnosed at 21 with RP – the blindness, um, disease, I realized that the, the denial of disability was only, you know, it, it was one way to cope with it, um, but there was a, a whole other possibility or a whole, whole other way which was to uh, sort of do what you could whilst you, whilst you could. And, um, l- l- uh, well, I suppose I the, 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 the I took a similar approach I did with the deafness, which was, well, I'm, I've got a short amount of time um, with this vision. I want to make the most of it. So I went out and traveled, um, studied my therapy. So if I did go blind, I could do hands-on sort of massage for people. And one thing a family friend said to me when I was um, sort of reflecting on the news was, you know, you've got to remain useful. You've got to still contribute in some way. And those words, uh, you know, they stay with me today. Um, But I found, you know, I I went out and did all those things and I met a beautiful woman Mm -hmm. and I got married and, I had a beautiful baby girl. Uh, she's now five. But as my vision deteriorated, uh, as did my hearing a bit more, um, I was unable to escape disability like I could deny it in the past, and it, my world was closing in on me a little bit.
0: When you were basically diagnosed with, with, with a, in terms of it being a, a deteriorating thing, how old were you when you got that kind of heavy diagnosis?
1: Um the vision loss I got the diagnosis when
0: I was 21. Right. Yeah, that's in your absolute like prime as a young man and then and just I mean what you said before and and I know that as as a brother but you know it would have been completely understandable to let that unravel you in all sorts of ways.
1: Yeah, I mean people say that and you know certainly it would have you know it it has had Different effects on different people, adversity. But I mean, the, I think that there's more to the human psyche than we probably give it credit for, and and we we like to solve problems, and this was you know just another problem that to be solved, and the what it, what it actually did was surprisingly it freed me, it freed me from all this other shit that didn't matter yet. All the, all the stuff I realised that I worried about as a, as a, a teenager, you know, the size of my dick and,
0: you know, whether I was attracted to girls and... Where the whether, next beer, beer was coming yeah. from or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I could let
1: all of that stuff go and say, look, none of it matters because, you know, I've got, I've got, a, I've got an opportunity here to sort of um, experience life like I may never experience it again. And it opened my mind to possibilities that that it wasn't open to before. And I wasn't a happy kid, a happy teenager at all. Um, Can I call you Sugar?
0: Absolutely, man. We might give to – for the listeners, (laughs) I have a few (laughs) nicknames, but this nickname is particularly uh, unique to uh – our circle of friends who we used to play uh <laughs> indoor indoor football together. That's how D T. T and I were originally acquainted for the old school flavor. And I originally was given was handed that nickname by you, I think. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. so I mean, do we even know what it means anymore?
1: Barely, but I think <laughs> it was because I, I, I proposed that you were so sweet with the with the ball, um, and then sugar came to sh- Sugar
0: Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that w- that was my memory, which I'd like to which I'd like to keep, which was that I had a sweet touch. Um, <laughs> wow! But we certainly were in it prime. We're talking early twenties when that kicked off. So, um, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: please yeah. call oh. me sugar, man. That's 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 great. Um,
1: because that, that, that soccer was after my diagnosis and you knew me for most of my life after that and you could see my, um, you know, my difficulties on and off the soccer field but I was determined to sort of um, let it um, restrict my life too much and in some way I was very lucky because the deterioration is quite slow so I could sort of, um, you know, I could get a lot out of life.
0: Um, what what an amazing what an amazing reframe and amazing lesson to have so young um a, a, as you say in terms of it being a gift
1: you know mm-hmm.
0: and in terms of it being a wake up call as opposed mm-hmm. to something as opposed to something that just just you know puts you down and and you just fall into a you know what an amazing um what an amazing gift to, to be able, yeah, but, but yeah. to your credit, to be able to, to be able to spin it in that way is, is, yeah. is really an amazing thing. And I remember from those early days, I, you know, I probably wasn't completely aware of the specifics of your, um,
1: yeah, I hid, I hid it from everyone. Yeah. I was embarrassed about
0: Which I can understand. Yeah. I don't, you weren't, no, you weren't so, so, um, understandably you weren't as fourth I think you were still just coming to terms with it, you know, but from as a mate, you know, there was an awareness, but just how, how much, um, and this is the, you know, the fascinating thing from, you know, for you to be going through that, um, you know, you know, I, in a little bit of isolation, I mean, I'm sure you had family support and stuff like that, but yeah, um, Looking back on it now, and knowing you at that time, it's just more. Ins- now that I know, now that I know the full extent of it, and I, I know what you've you've done in a long period of time since that, it just it, it's it's amazing, man.
1: Look, I mean, what I wanted to find out subsequent to that, and I've sort of jumped around on the story a little bit. I might try and get back on track, yeah, but yeah, the um, so when things started to get bad. Yeah, I had to quit my job. Um, you know, I was a mess. I was putting on weight. I was angry. I was, you know, some. You know, I was volatile. Um, I was, yeah, just hanging in there. Um, so I quit work to support at my wife, studying to be a surgeon at the time, and she had a very difficult placement, lots of hours. And, you know, we just had a, a two-year-old girl and those had kids so I know that when they get to their twos, they're um, up until two, It's pretty. they're pretty dependent. So I thought, you know, the measure of me, I want to be how I look after my daughter or kids and how I look after those I love. So I, you know, jobs come and go, but, you know, great people in your life, they don't, you know, and you would know, uh, sugar, sugar. Um, Having a having a kid, it's sort of you've got the option to sort of make the statement, of sort of who you want to be and how you want to set up your future. So my my effort went into that, and you know I'll always be grateful for that. So I asked myself quite honestly, what's important to me? Yeah, and and it, it wasn't it wasn't the job. Um, so I took time off, and during that time, I well I quit. I had to quit work. I um. I had a lot of time off to reflect and to work on myself and I went out and did you know, further sort of study and um, sort of self, a lot of yoga and sort of evolved and, and I was determined that to allow things to evolve organically and to try and find myself getting back to the original question, I'll, I'll start an acting course as, uh, as you know and I walked into the classroom and one of the first things I said was, you know, this is where we're going to help you find what you've got to do here. And this acting used to, used to find your truth. And it was the first time in my life that anyone had ever said, to me, said that to me and it was in an acting class <laughs> which I found com- completely sort of paradoxical. <laughs> but it sort of set off all these light bulbs in my mind about, you know, what is, you know, what is truth, and what have I been pursuing this whole time in my life, and what is an act, and what is life, and it, it was a wonderful, um, you know, light bulb moment to which I've tried to pursue diligently since then. Um, and in order to find that truth, you come across sort of layers, and you come across blockages, and you come across, you know, your limitations. And you can choose to be distracted by them or you can choose to um, work through them. And it's become quite a hobby of mine to go deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where people are sort of, you know, you're, you're a very intense guy. Um, but to me, I've found my meaning in life and that is to, to, to seek
0: my truth and to, and to seek growth because when I do that, you know, beautiful things happen. As you say, it's intense, but it takes courage to be on a, a path where, you, where you're examining yourself and exposing everything in all its, all its gl- glory, and it's classic that an acting class can trigger that I experienced the same thing. Um,
1: you know, I, I, I say this with, with all due respect to everyone in the world, but I, I do feel for people that don't get the opportunity to um, spend time on themselves. Um, I mean, my my unhappiest days in life were when I was um, uncertain about, you know, what would make me contented and connected. I actually was talking to someone the other day. I'm doing a life coaching course at the moment, and. Part of that was, actually, my cat's come under my lap and put all hair into my mouth, so excuse me if I interrupt (laughs) myself.
0: Scotch Scotch and cat hair. It's a new cocktail. Scotch and
1: cat hair. (laughs) It's it's, it's a new rage. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I always think goals, thought goals was for winkers, yeah. But um, I I realise now that in life, unless you're shooting for something, it's fairly random and you can sort of, it's fairly reactive Um, You know, that locus of control doesn't really exist within and it's a bit of a drifting sensation. I mean, to focus the mind I've discovered is everything. You know, I I can lose hearing, I can lose vision, Um, but if I can can go inwards, um, it's that that infinite space in which you can do anything. The imagination um, sets you free. Um, and when you look at you know what is your meaning and, and what is what is what connects you to other people and um, what from moment to moment would you choose if they if they were all you had left um, in life I mean what what would you want to be doing what would you want to be thinking um, those those questions are, are, I find are vitally important that you have an answer to um, you know no, no two people will have the same internal world that you've got to have a story, you've got to be con- conscious to a, a path, um, and if you're not, I, I find it, it's, it's sufferance, you know, I've been there, and life is, is sufferances, as some of the philosophers would say, but it doesn't have to be sufferance, i found, you can be full of, you can be full, you can be connected, you can be, you know, you can love yourself and love others, um, Sort of, you know, without limits. But you know, you've got to do you've got to do that work internally. There are no rules, yeah. So, you know, all of those concepts are, are, are foundational to, I believe, a, a sort of, um, you know, a, a completeness and a um, and a, a, a bird. You know, you set your. I keep saying it, but you set yourself free. Um, no one can touch you when you're inside. I sort of, you know, I have goals in my life and, and you know, and uh, I mean previously I think when I look back I, I would have said I was happy at the time because that's what you meant to say. But when I was a teenager I really was just perhaps thinking about there was an absence of misery. That's what I was talking about with the life coaching, that there was an absence of misery in my life. You know, I wasn't suffering torture. I wasn't starving. None of those things. But I didn't have connectedness. I wasn't full. You know, I didn't know what my love was. I couldn't receive love from other people. Uh, deep, you know, deep, uh, deep love. The intimacy was sort of difficult for me to handle. I would reject the intimate relationships just because of my own sort of unfamiliarity with it. And all of those things that I've discovered are what makes me human, what makes me full, and now I can pursue those passionately, then, my, you know, my life is full.
0: Going down a, a path with this stuff, I kind of call it now the punk rock of self-development because, like you just said, you know, these kind of goals are for wankers. Like all these pretty quotes and stuff that we read, well, they're, they're actually not going to necessarily get you above the line just by reading all these fancy statements, It's about, you know, it's about implementing change and having the courage to just...
1: Yeah, just it is.
0: Yeah, and and, and taking an action on it.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm lucky in a way because I don't have to work nine to five. Um, I, I think work in the traditional sense distracts us from ourselves and in many ways why people seek it. Um, obviously for money as well and, you know, all of the other stuff. But people that sort of, I think, spend long hours at work when they don't have to, um, in some ways I think perhaps, uh, you know, without saying disrespectful, are sort of you know, are taking the opportunity to distract themselves from, you know, their internal world because it can get pretty unpleasant. One
0: of the kind of actionable or, or ways to... To kind of implement change, which takes courage, is to basically be able to. And I think this is very relative to your story in a way, because to be able to sit in a dark room alone, perhaps in a new environment um, where you have a little not not so much community around you, and you're alone, and you're in a room, and there's no no distraction. To be able to sit there with yourself Mm. and have and be and be okay with that i think that's but in relative to your story with, with with a degeneration of sight and things like that it's almost like that's what you were confronted with very young in a way it was a, this you know your, your imagination and stuff like that
1: mm-hmm. um, look this up this this infinite i know <laughs> i mean' <laughs> it's, yeah, it's sort of a where to now? Because once you sort of make those realisations and you realise everything's on the table. My belief is that I believe that life is better with a with internal discipline. Um, I believe it is better if you can set yourself um, goals, but not goals in the sense that... Um, You know, I have to be earning this much money or I have to be, you know, this or that, but they can be goals that, you know, genuinely make you, um, like, I want to be more connected with people, for example. Exactly. You work towards those and and each step of the way, suddenly
0: the moments become pleasurable. Mm. And so if you say you want to be connected with people, it's like, well, what does connection entail? Yeah, and we curr- yes. we currently live in a world of false con- false connection in a way. Yes, yes.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, when, when you just start breaking the goal then down into its yes. smaller bite sized pieces, that's what you can yes. you can find. But, but
1: that, that that deconstruction, sure, you're right on there because that never stops. Yeah, so you break that down. Then you're left with you know sub components of connection, and then you break that down, then you break that down, then you break that down, and that's that expansion, yeah, that internal expansion and awareness that you've just discovered, and that you can apply that to any aspect of your life, any aspect. You keep breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down, and that's growth. And, and I think sometimes, and I didn't know that, you know, like it sounds silly, but I did, when people used to talk about what is, you know, you've got to grow up, you know. Um, well, fuck, how do I grow up? But no one, you know, I didn't have teachers saying, that's what growth is, yeah. Let's take, let's take intimacy or let's take love and say, you know, what is, what is love? And say, oh, well, you know, it's different for everybody. And then the conversation moves on. No, it's stay with it. What is love to you? Well, it is connection. It is intimacy. It is trust. It is, you know, whatever it is. Work on those traits. And, it, and and is it jealousy? Yeah. A lot of people get jealous around other people that they love, the opposite sex, and say, well, is my love jealousy? If it's not, be honest with that, throw it out. If it's not something, throw it out and then work on those things that are your love, okay? As you said, what is connectedness? Break that down. Ah, okay, there's eye contact in there. Okay, there's energy in there. There's positive energy and there's negative energy. Okay, let's go with positive energy. What is positive energy? Suddenly, all those neurons in your brain that have been sleeping are just like lit up like mm-hmm. a Christmas tree, and it's mm-hmm. fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. I, I'm trying to be more self aware of, of, of energy, for instance. I've never picked up on energy before, but there was a, an interesting exchange I had with a, a lady in a picture framing shop the other day when um, I said that I was going, you know, blind, and I sort of, it was a a moment that we shared that I was vulnerable and honest to her and, and I sort of stayed with that moment and she sort of sort of rubbed her arms a little bit and said I've got goosebumps and, and I sort of had goosebumps as well and then she started to break, you know, become emotional. For you
0: to be able to go into a picture framing shop and, and open up to a woman in that sense is one one a sign of just how far your journey's come in being able to... You know, at 21, not being able to, understandably not being able to just call it what it is, but yeah, then to be able yeah. to call it what it is to a random stranger and then to, to inspire yeah. and impact them in, in, in a frame shop.
1: It, w- it was, Sugar, and that's what I crave now. I crave those moments of honesty and connection with people, and I found the strength, true strength in the human sort of condition is vulnerability. Because when you're vulnerable, nothing can can touch you yet. Because you've gotten in there first, and you've laid it all out there, and people are like fully respectful of that. And then, you know, she started breaking down and talking about how she hadn't healed, and, and I, I gave her a hug and stayed with it, and stayed with it, and stayed with it. And she started talking about how she hadn't healed enough from her loss of her mother, and I wouldn't have been able to do that in the past. But for me, that's growth, and for me, that's for me, it's not the job. You know, it's not the money. It's not anything else. It's those moments that make up a full life.
0: And if you're if you're in a position where you're distracted, whether that's within yourself or by what's around you, you're not present to be able to take those yeah. moments when they come.
1: Exactly. And it's exactly.
0: it's what you're saying when when you're attuned, and when you're present, and when you're engaged, and you're re- and you're ready. To go, call it exactly. energy or tap into frequencies around. We're talking scientifically, yeah. like just to tap yeah. into. If you're connected with someone and there's that moment, and you go with it, and I mean,
1: yeah,
0: vulnerability is courage and it's strength, and you're absolutely yeah. right. It's it's a disarming, um, yeah, thing to go to go from the yeah. from the opposite of that where you're walled and you're sheltered, and, exactly. and, and you're just going to find resistance.
1: <laughs> and sugar, that that's. That's our lives, yeah. We, we we walk along and we interact with people with our guards up all the time, like a friggin' boxing match, yeah. We we it's all of those things that we don't say mm-hmm. that injure us. is once you say it, it might it might hurt when you say it, and you might cry. And but the next time you say it. You're going to cry less, it's going to hurt less, no matter what it is, yeah? You keep saying it, you keep crying, sooner or later, you're okay with it. You've healed. You've healed it. And then you keep saying it, yeah? And you, there's your strength because you've grown through that sort of fracturing, if you like, of your personality or your belief that you've, it's too difficult for you to sort of talk about. You grow through it, you can talk about and and then you can help others. I mean, I hugged this woman and then she talked about her, you know, didn't have, you know, enough proper greeting with her mum and, like, gave her an opportunity to talk through this stuff. Now, she's carrying that around every day at work, every day. And and most people that come in would never know about it, but it would affect how she moves, how she thinks. You know, this is in in her subconscious and it, it is significant. It is significant in her subconscious, it affects her self-esteem, it affects every part of herself, but it's buried there and she's ashamed of it and And that's, that's the real tragedy and that's the stuff that I want to be connected enough with people to be there for people in those places because I know, like I've been through periods where you feel fractured, but I know that it's 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 they're only sort of you make those fractures up in your mind or if they're there you can heal them through your own thoughts i mean you are all powerful and, and I just get great pleasure in seeing people you know go there go there and grow and be be connected and be happy you know
0: Yeah, man, like I'm sure that you, I'm sure that her day wasn't the same. I'm sure that you had a profound impact.
1: We have this sort of swirling set of thoughts. We interact with another person who has a swirling set of thoughts and we are sort of, you know, we have this sort of thinly veiled idea of how we um, are meant to behave. We're not even sure why. And we sort of move on and try not to let us affect us. The, f- for me, um, you know, there's for, for men. You know, my, uh, my brother comes to mind. You know, I come to mind. I mean, I, I was an unsettled young man. I got in, a, you know, the odd fight. I treated people badly. Um,
0: yeah but that's not my that's not my, that's not I was there for a lot of a lot of those no, that's not my pers- perception I mean we had wonderful moments of yelling out windows howling like a dog but um that was a beautiful yeah. thing <laughs> yeah yeah
1: they were a beautiful moments too daddy but uh, I suppose what I'm saying I mean some of those days that were quite you know I, I was as, as good as I've been, but I look at the rage in young men, yeah, I, I look at the dudes, you know, coward punching another guy in the face on the street. I look at f- fathers hitting their sons, hitting their wives, their girlfriends, and, you know, I know I know the place that they come from. I know that where that sort of lack of understanding what it feels like, um... And it's awful, um, you know. It's just, it's just we don't understand. I mean, these we we just haven't um, evolved sufficiently to sort of take control of ourselves. Um, and it goes across all facets of your life. So I mean, this is what makes it so so wonderful. I mean, we're seeing it more and more. I mean, as the internet has exploded, ideas across, um, you know. We, we have all the information in the world on our handphone, uh, on our handset available to us, all of the great philosophers, all of the books. I mean, ideas are exploding, minds are exploding. You're doing this podcast, speaking to me from Germany. I mean, we are connecting in ways that, you know, our forefathers could only imagine, and we, we are becoming better people. We're becoming better men, we're becoming better fathers, and, you know, we're, we're, we're treating women better I know it's, 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 it's this Me Too movement it's just fantastic um, you know us men we, we, you know we, us men we aren't bad we're just stupid we just, we, we just we're ignorant we just didn't understand and we weren't taught and we didn't look hard enough and you know the last thing I want to do is treat anyone badly so this when women get a voice and they're able to talk and write their stories. It's it informs everyone, and and we try hard, and we want to be we want to please women, and we want to love them, and we want to love ourselves. So, I mean, it's a beautiful time to be alive, I believe, and you know, I think there's amazing things ahead for all of us. And I, uh, you know, I so, saw um, Russell Brandt, um meditating today on the YouTube channel, and you know that dude's, you know, you know he's a clever dude, and he's on. Um, He's on YouTube, getting heaps of views, and they're just spreading, spreading that, that that sort of that internal understanding. And we're talking about it today, and hopefully a few people listen to it. And he's one guy who's
0: absolutely coming from a place of vulnerability, week in, week out. He he talks yeah. he talks about being an addict. He talks about how flawed he is. Yeah. He to, you know, he yeah. just has been throwing that out there in spades. Yes. And you know. The, that's coming from that, like you said before, coming from
1: a place of, of vulnerability. You know, there's so many activists around now. Like, I almost count myself as an activist. Like, when I, you know, like, whenever I can, like, I'm, um, I mean, I'm in my speeches and my daughter's party, I'm sort of, you know, trying to make sure that the, that the women are up, that my girls up on stage and getting a voice as much as the guys and trying to empower, you know,
0: you're an activist them, um, of, con- of consciousness in a way. I feel that's what yeah. we're bo- what we're both doing, and, and being able to do that yeah. in service and respect of other people uh, yeah. is, in turn, purposeful and fulfilling. That's
1: right, exactly. And as as Russell Brandt would say, like, and as Jim Carrey said, like, I wish people were all rich and famous because I've realise that is not your that is not your end. Um, something that affects that is not your um, completion, and it, you know—people, people can listen to that and say, "I can stop pursuing fame and fortune now and save myself fifty years of it," because they're there and they're telling us that's not your completion. Yeah, you have all of your tools right now in order for you to be complete, and it's internal. Forget the external world; that's just fucking noise. That's just noise.
0: And it goes back to connectedness as well, right?
1: Yeah, you know, with self, with others. I mean, yeah. I mean, like that picture-framing moment where, you know, that the goosebumps came out and I wrote in my reflective piece that, you know, I, I realized then very strongly that, you know, connectedness doesn't miss, you know, it, it has so many layers and that sympathetic nervous system is just like triggered um, I, I've,
0: I've found that I reckon that goosebumps kind of euphoria thing. It's it's almost like a signal to you that, that that's what it's about. You know, it's like yeah, yeah when that triggers yeah, when that triggers, you know that you you're playing your instrument to the fucking tune that it should yeah. be played. You know, <laughs> there's one, there's one. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, and whether whether yeah. your whether your bottom chakra has been released or whatever, it's like. And you know we used that, to chase
1: yeah, we used to chase that euphoria in the bars. You know I can allow somebody to sort of rant, you know have an anxious moment and sort of rattle off from an anxious place, or I can take the the lead and give them positive energy, give them a positive narrative. And most people are quite happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about because a lot of the time they're just talking because there's empty space mm. and they're anxious because there's silence there. So, so if you can get a sense of what you know, positive energy is, how you create it, and you give that to people when you meet them, you automatically put yourself in a positive energy moment more often than not, and you can control that. And when I, I found that really important because I used to work in mental health and when I wouldn't have lots of patients that would be talking sort of a lot about just random stuff, I realised that they're they're searching too, you know, like people are searching with voice and with touch and with eye contact and sensory, like they just, basically we all just want to be loved, yeah? We all just want to be loved by each other. And if you can bring that sort of energy to people and just say, here it is, yeah, I'm connecting with you now and it's from a good place, join me. People will go there. They've got no
0: reason not to. Have you ever been to Reunion & Co? It's a cafe on Bridge Road.
1: It it sounds familiar.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's pretend we're in that cafe, right, because it's an awesome cafe. It's about community. Uh, But if you and I were in there right now, I'm going to read you a couple of things from the menu. What would you have? If, you, if we if we weren't in this Skype if we weren't in this Skype situation and we were face to face, we'd be fucking distracted by all the noise around. No, no, we wouldn't. We'd still be engaged. Absolutely, I have every faith oh, in might. that. But I'll, I'll just read you a couple of a couple of items and then you can tell me what you'd have. So if we if we were there for lunch, if you we were there for lunch, you could have a a slow cooked lamb with shaved fennel, oh, yeah. Spanish onion canoa rocket roasted seeds and cranberries or you could have a pan-fried Atlantic salmon with tarragon-buttered greens, kipfler potatoes. You could have an American cheeseburger or ricotta gnocchi.
1: Jeez, sugar daddy. Now, look, I hope you don't want a super quick answer because everywhere I look these days, there's people plugging me with this vegan stuff, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's kind of working on my consciousness a little bit, yeah. Because I don't like killing uh-huh. animals much, yeah. And I was listening to this bodybuilder guy that is, you know, incredibly ripped, and he just takes a, a vegan diet. And you know, I, I, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be that guy that is able to, um, you know, elevate to no harm. So I'd like to say that i go for the knocking. It should be dirty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're going to go for the American cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but there's some pretty uh, close meat substitutes coming along, thank you. Good old genetic engineering out here. So soon I won't have to sacrifice uh any of my luxuries. It school,
0: also uh, depends on the yeah. night that we might have had before. Like, if I, I imagine if I, re, you know, if we re, reunited in Melbourne, I imagine the next day we'd probably <laughs> need an American cheeseburger. Uh, so, anyway, I'm going right, to, all right, so you're going to go the knock knocky then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the well, and I'll buy you a, um, a smoothie, which is the Nutty Professor. All right. Or or a monkey, wait, you want a monkey magic, a nutty professor or a green machine?
1: Uh, Look, normally I go for the green machine because I know that I haven't had sufficient uh, uh, sort of uh, vegetables throughout the week. So
0: although often it tastes ordinary, I'll probably take the green machine. Okay, that's good. All right, well, uh, we've left the cafe now. We're out, so that was a wonderful, wonderful uh, lunch we had in there. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna move us full 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 circle now to 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 where your journey's at now. Oh shit, we've lost connection. We've lost connection, guys. I'm just right at that point. I'm gonna try and. DT, we're back. I've lost him. I have lost him.
1: <laughs> He's back. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that, that actually worked really well. So I got a chance to get
0: another scotch. <laughs> and I, got, I got a chance to check the files and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, something, something blew up our, our connectedness. <laughs>
1: I know, man. It,
0: it was too much connectedness. It was, the, the connectedness at the, after lunch got too um too extreme, and the and the and the connection just just got cut. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I'm gonna hit you with the video
0: now. There we go. Yeah, we're back on. Well, I'm glad you've recouped the scotch, man. So I'm just I'm gonna start to bring it home, but um yeah, I'll yeah. re I'll reframe. <laughs> it's good because I yeah. can reframe what the fuck I was trying to say as well, which is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so i'm gonna bring it full (laughs) i'm gonna bring it full circle (laughs) i'm gonna bring it full circle in terms of your journey and in recent times you've gone down a comedic path and i think just think that's fucking absolutely awesome and i had to listen to your first your first stand up there and i was just blown away by you know just the fact that you i could sense the the crowd there, and you're on stage. I mean, I wish I was there in person, but absolute admiration for um, giving that a dip because I think stand-up comedy is just, you know, what what a what a courageous thing to do. So, how how are you finding the start of your comic trajectory? trajectory tra- I can't even say a trajectory.
1: Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> um, look, Danny could have yeah. never had contemplated comedy 12 months ago yeah and to be honest I still have no idea what comedy is and I don't think many people do because when I ask them, a bit like love yeah you look look in the dictionary and try and find out what it is it's food very little help <laughs> it's the same with comedy it's the same with the meaning of life all the big questions don't go to the dictionary on, okay you've got to find that out for yourself and that's part of the reason why I wanted to do it is because I'm finding that the more I push myself for moments of connectedness and intensity, yeah, and I find the more intense I can create a moment, the more endorphins that flow through my body and the more alive I feel. So I figure if I can continue to do that, largely drug-free, then I can have a very intense, connected, sort of alive life. Comedy is one of those things where, Look, I don't think – I've done a number of embarrassing things. Going blind is pretty embarrassing because when you're trying to disguise it and you run into things, you hurt yourself, you run into people, you hurt girls accidentally, you can't see shit, you can't shake people's hand, you know, you miss it. Like it's constantly constant humiliation. And it lays a beautiful framework for the rest of my life because I don't care anymore because I know that humiliation can't kill me. And once you know that, you know you can walk away from the moment and start again and everything's fine, no one really gives a shit. But it gives me the space to do new things um, in a way which I didn't have before. And the first time I did it, I got up there and I just spoke about the sort of stuff we spoke about tonight around, Um, you know, with the old man... And my, would hit me. Uh, sort of would think about, you know, how that would have gone. Uh, the discussion between mum and dad before they decided that, you know, it was a good idea to whack me if I wasn't responding. And people really sort of connected with the honesty and similar stuff. I've been talking about before. I think that's part of what people look for in a in a in a comedic setting. It's that. You're real. They want to see, you know, the real vulnerabilities and the, the humour around that because whenever you try and crack a joke, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not very skilled at it at all, um, but when I try and crack a joke, no one would laugh. They, they sort of – they wanted to see you suffer a little bit. They wanted to see that vulnerability and that um, – you know, stuff that they don't hear from their mates and other people. And, and they ended up giving me first prize and giving me 50 bucks and it was a real a real moment where I thought, you know what, this just reinforces the, the value of being on this path where I'm just allowing it to evolve organically, going with what feels right and doing it for my own reasons and not to be anyone or to be famous or to be, um, you know, rich. It's just because I want that moment. Um, so... It's, you know, I did, I did a show subsequent to that, and it was horrible. It was terrible. No one, no one laughed. I sort of forgot my lines and had to walk off stage. The sort of things that nightmares are made of, but it, it, it was nowhere near as traumatic to me as it would have been, you know, three years ago. And to me, that was the win. It, it, walking off in, you know, humiliation didn't bother me because I knew the, the, the value in what I'd achieved. Um, was something other than whether people chuckled at me or not. And then the, the third show I did, you know, I got a few more laughs. And um, But, look, again, my measure of, you know, my completion, if you like, i am borrow from that, from Jim. Um, you know, my completion is not people laughing at me. Uh, my completion is not that, you know, it, it, anything external. It's just... How, how the moment was yeah my wife was there and she was proud of me and um the, the, uh, I'll let it breathe now yeah because I, I went in there not knowing what comedy was and what humour was and I left um a little bit wiser but not much wiser and and that will that will form just another thread of that sort of big tapestry that I'm weaving that it, that is my like life. And I don't know where it's going to end, and I don't want to pretend that, and to sort of try and fit it into a particular pattern that I think I should be living. I'm just going to let it sow itself, if you like. See what it ends up looking like when I'm, you know, toward the end of the journey. But I know, no matter what it looked like, it it would have been worthwhile, and and that's what matters to me.
0: Well, dude, I could give you I could give you a massive a massive pump up, but I just I genuinely have. Every fucking faith, and it's just ama- amazing to see the, the the path that you're on and what you continue to do. And I've just got every faith in what you're doing and how you've come to it. And um, I just can't wait, man, to see to see how this goes in whatever way in whatever way yeah. things take their shape. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, just being here with you, sugar, like that's the price. Yeah, that's the price that you would. See me as meaningful enough to call me on Skype from Germany uh, when you could be doing, you know, ten thousand other things, and you bring me up to talk to me. I mean, that's my price. That's bigger than any, you know, you know, bigger than any anything else.
0: So. I hear, you, brother. I hear. You. When we were on the indoor indoor pitch, slogging out Wednesday nights, trying trying to kick <laughs> kick goals, you just didn't give a flying fuck, man. You were just in there, hammering it. You weren't you weren't held back by by anything, and you were just giving it a, a, an all in. Got talent and Got sometimes sometimes, well, literally, you know, we fell flat on our face, and other times we just kicked cracking goals, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that that well, was that was what it was about. And still I'll hits.
1: always remember the one where you kicked it from the centre of the pitch, mid-air, flying kick, top corner, and beat the goalkeeper. Remember that one?
0: That was one of the greatest moments of my life, DT. <laughs> and I, I don't—we oh, talk about energy and all. I don't know where that came from because it was the first kick of the season, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was an accident. <laughs> I just—I just—I just remember it. A kind of look of amusement on some of the faces from the <laughs> other players, and, I, and 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 I was just completely bamboozled myself. And then and then yeah. I think I think after that moment, you know, proceeded to yeah. like not kick a goal for the rest of the season. But you know, that that's the yeah. way life rolls, isn't it? <laughs> but, but
1: this is the thing because you went into your conscious state. Yeah, you thought, oh shit, you know, maybe I can. So you try it harder, and the harder you try. It, It was just—it
0: just just happened too soon, you know. I just peaked. I peaked from the first from the first uh, kickoff. Where do you go from there, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Look, look, you might want to cut this out, sugar. But I um, no, I find the same thing about an erection for guys—that the
0: you know the harder you try, the more difficult it becomes. We've all been (laughs) in those moments, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, and guys don't talk about that. No, yeah, yep. No, we can. We
0: can, <laughs> No, I think. I think the old. Uh, I think the old. The old um, hard on is like the ultimate <laughs> test of <laughs> whether you're stuck in your head or not. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. Who's our hard on touch?
0: Man, epic. I think we're. Uh, um, if if people, with with the stuff that you're doing like within the community and stuff, if people want to reach out to you, where's the best place to hit you up? If you're up for yeah, that, look,
1: look, yeah, I mean, you know, James Johnson um, on Facebook. Um, you know, you you can you know email me or you know give you my email, sugar daddy or um, yeah, I mean, I, I generally run a pretty low profile, but I think. The more people that can sort of connect with this stuff, um, you know, the more the merrier, basically. Especially like-minded people. And if uh, you do,
0: if you do yeah. have, if you do have a stand-up gig coming up, I'd love to promote it, give it a shout-out. So just let me know.
1: Yeah, thank, thanks, Sugar Daddy. Um, you know, you're a great friend, and um, you know, I, I think everyone that sees your podcasts um, does take a moment to reflect on what you're doing and, um, you know, they know it's not easy to do what you're doing and asking others to share their story. Um, you know, you, you become um, a part of that storytelling. I think that's something we've lost um, as part of our sort of Western culture, the, the, the stories that, that bond us and that, you know, stir our imagination and our connectedness so um, you know you've been very complimentary of other people you've interviewed but um, make sure that some of that comes back to yourself mate yeah 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 let's connect again
0: There you go, guys. I can't thank Dan enough for being so willing to share his insights, for being so engaging, so hilarious. It's cool to be intense. Being intense is better than being safe. Talking about the weather. I've heard people say you need to get out of your own way, and there's no doubt that Dan continues to do that. And as he said, and it's come up on the show before, vulnerability is strength. It's the human condition, and you set yourself free through inner work. If you have your own experiences you'd like to share that you feel can help others, I invite you to please come on the show. Just hit me up at lionfurypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to our sponsor Reunion & Co. It allows the show to keep going, to keep putting the time in. If you would like to support the show, there's a Patreon site in the description where for as little as a dollar you can become a cub, lion or lioness with special offers including exclusive access to 3-Minute Furies. Cheers guys. Till next time, fuck it.